Welcome to the Booker's Alliance podcast, where we hold the pencil and the pencil is power. Coming at you right now is your host, Marky Mark, along with the man, the myth, the legend, Frank Donaldson. Join us as we discuss the ever-changing landscape of professional wrestling. So hang on tight, you jabronis, and enjoy the ride. All right, welcome in, welcome in, everybody. Welcome to the Booker's Alliance podcast, where this week we're going to talk about how in the world did your hosts, Marky Mark and Frank Donaldson, how did we become wrestling fans? We're going to give you our stories, starting from when we were in the cradles all the way to present day, and we're going to give you a little bit of backstory about ourselves. So let's get this thing kicked off. Frank, let's hear about your story. All right. All right. Well, my, how did I get into wrestling? Professional wrestling. My goodness. Well, as a small young lad of bright, ripe old age of, I don't know what, five and a half, six years old. I can remember uh, Sunday morning wrestling, stumbling across the Hulk Hogan Iron Sheik match from January 23rd of 1984. It was a quick match. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't very long. It wasn't very technically sound. But again, as a five-year-old, I didn't know that. I just know I was watching those guys out there doing their thing. And I just mesmerized by it. You know, when you're five, six years old, you're looking for your heroes. You're looking for your, you know, your your superhero characters, whatnot. You know, Superman, Spider-Man, all those guys were around then. But I don't know. I, you know, I got on that TV and I just saw Hulk Hogan, you know, pinning the Iron Sheik and just the underlying tone that the announcers were going through. You know, the real American hero just toppled the foreign villain. And I mean, you know, and then he was big and he was flexing. And, you know, then they gave him this big, fancy, shiny gold belt and then he was parading around with it. And I mean, as a young, impressionable boy, I was there for every bit of that. I was like, you know what? I like this. And, you know, and then the next week it came on on Saturday morning, then again on Sunday morning. And I mean, you know, before I know it, I was just hooked. I started watching. I started liking, you know, the other guys that were out there. Uh, Hulk Hogan was my automatic favorite because, again, he's what drew me in. But then there was Junkyard Dog. I mean, I can remember the dog coming out there. You know, he had this big chain on his neck. You know, big hulking guy out there. He would look up to the sky and give a couple barks. And, you know, he always, at the end of every match, you know, he said, I want to thank the man upstairs. And I mean, (laughs) you know, you're sitting there watching the dog. You know, who's not going to be entertained by that? I mean, you know. So I'm watching that and watching those guys. Then I can remember guys like the British Bulldogs and, uh, early Heart Foundation and I just those guys from that early that early to mid eighties era. Then God forbid Andre the Giant walked out there and I mean he was a big you know, he was a, a baby face at the time, a good guy. Hulk Hogan's friend. I mean hell, you didn't have to sell me no more. You know, when him and Hogan were out there celebrating and I remember Andre pouring the champagne on Hogan's head. I didn't even know what champagne was, and that that was a celebration. But he poured that on there, and they were friends. And I said, man, that, those are my guys right there. You know, and then, I don't know, you know, it just kind of spilled out from there. I told my parents I loved wrestling, and they gave me that old eye roll of, oh, my God, here we go. <laughs> How the hell did he find around? all the stuff in the world? You know, my dad was a big-time football fan. You know, he was a Bears guy, so – he wanted me to be a Bears fan, but I was like, I, I don't mind the Bears, you know, doing the little Super Bowl shuffle and all that. I don't mind them, but 
these wrestling guys over here, man, they got it going on over here. These are my guys here. I, you know, I'm running with them. So they, like I said, with their eye rolling and all that, they went out and started buying me the old LJN toys. I had all the guys I just listed, the ring, the later on down the road, got the steel cage and all just, I mean, just engulfed myself in the world of wrestling as a child you know, as I grew up, I never lost, I never lost that love for it. I always followed it. You know, I learned how to get online in the nineties and find out the dirt and you know, what's going on oh, backstage and all this. I mean, you want to talk about mesmerized, you took a kid with, you know, childlike interest into the next level. It was just, you know, it's just always been there. I've never had a lull where I didn't watch. I never had a lull where I wasn't interested I may have had slow periods, you know, during downtimes in the business, but even in those slow periods, I was still watching. So I don't know. It's just one of those things that, you know, as a kid, you find it, you love it, and you never let it go. Nice. So it sounds like, you know, you you were kind of on the WWF spectrum growing up, right? So yeah. So in the Midwest, I mean, back then, WWE had, WWF, I guess, had a office, a home base in Chicago, and they would run the Rosemont Horizon often. So, you know, I was able to go to that. I was only 45 minutes away from the horizon. Tickets were dirt cheap, you know, like four or five bucks to get in. So my right. dad didn't mind taking me. So, I mean, I'd go to a lot of the live events. I still got all the little right up the little mock up cards that they had for the night that they'd give you when you go in. All of that. And I mean, it was much easier to get the USA network or the Saturday morning K or the Saturday morning show actually came on our local cable Fox affiliate. Mm. So I mean, you know, channel thirty two for you Chicago folks out there listening, you know, they were showing wrestling on Saturday morning. That's what channel my cartoons come on all through the week. So I was used to watching Fox. There you go. So speaking of cartoons, that probably you, you grew up with the old school. Oh, wrestling Hulk cartoons. Hogan's Rocket Wrestling. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I remember those cartoons like they were yesterday. So I, I was there for those. I was there for the, you know, that we had cable as long back as I could remember. So I could get those USA Network shows. And I mean, even as a little guy, I would beg and plead my mom to you know i gotta stay up on monday night to watch primetime wrestling gorilla and bobby heenan just out there sitting on a two-man booth almost kind of like what we're doing here actually right, you right. know two guys just sitting there they had a little screen in the middle of them and they would just show wrestling that they had taped through the week just kind of show a couple matches here a couple matches there and then those guys would just sit there and talk about it they'd laugh they would joke banter with each other so i mean thinking back that was like the modern day podcast you know it because mm. it wasn't like a johnny Good carson point. type deal where it was an interview segment right it was just two guys just sitting here you know going back and forth about their views of wrestling so i mean you know you want to scan back 40 years to see the the origin of a podcast <laughs> that kind of gives you a framework right there. i like that i like that yeah you know. now here we are 40 years later doing the same thing here so absolutely what, what can you say <laughs> absolutely so that's cool. So I, I definitely can see where, um, you know, being lifelong wrestling fans, it kept your interest along the way. 
and, and, and obviously we're doing a podcast about it. So you're still heavily into it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Awesome. So for me, um, on my side of the fence, uh, grew up in the South down here in North Carolina. So for me, uh, it was all about WCW NWA. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's flare country. Flair country. There you go. Uh, so for me, uh, I grew up knowing who Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair, Magnum TA, uh, the Rock and Roll Express, the Midnight Express, Road Warriors. That was my jam back in the yep. day. That that was the the kind of the era that I grew up in. And, you know, they there were the live events that happened around here. Uh, traveling to the old Charlotte Coliseum, uh, which is no longer there, unfortunately. It was the first uh, arena that the Hornets played in. Oh, wow. Um, you know, and then now the Bojangles Coliseum, the old cricket arena is what they used to call it. Oh, wow. Um, AEW's home. AEW's home. Right. <laughs> so, so those are the venues that I remember going to as a kid. Uh, also remember going to uh, the racetrack out at Charlotte Motor Speedway and seeing um, – you know, Dusty and, and Flair uh, kind of put on a show. Oh, uh, it was go. amazing. Uh, I was there that night. The Channel 9 news helicopter flew in. I don't know if you've seen that Oh, nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. I so, did. I saw that clip. Yeah, so I was there that night that that match was happening. Um, I just kind of grew up on that aspect of it. Uh, and then somewhere along the way, I stumbled into that same uh, superstars and, and I found the WWF. Yep. And, you know, that was who my great grandfather watched. He, he was a huge WWF guy. Okay. Um, and when he found out that I was into wrestling, he was like, hey, I get these pay-per-views every month. Yep. Why don't you come sit with me and, and we'll watch them. So I remember sitting on, he had a screened in back porch. Okay. I remember sitting on his porch with a TV rolled out there, enjoying the summertime breeze, watching SummerSlam. Thunderstorm would roll in, lightning, big old lightning strike. He'd still keep the TV on. He didn't care. He was <laughs> paid good money that's for this. Right, that's right. So back in the day, there was no rewind. You oh, couldn't yeah. watch it later. Oh, you got that right. It wasn't on demand. Ah, so you definitely could watch it later because I also used to get those pay per views in there, but I've got videotapes stacked up to the wall. Ah, that's true. To the old I've VHS. VHS to, <laughs> yeah. I, as I got older, I learned how to copy tapes. And I would go. get those big 10 hour tapes and put like two or three pay pay-per-views on yep. it, but yeah we learned how to rewind after a while because my dad said the same if i'm paying for this and you ain't gonna just watch it once we're yeah we're gonna own this so, yeah, so they wouldn't know turning it off you watched it oh didn't care. Yeah. um but I, I remember just vaguely um just the 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 smell of that porch it, it it just it brings me back to those days watching wrestling with him i cherish those memories oh yeah um and then as i got older you know, watching uh, as, you know, the WWF turned into the WWE, uh, you know, as, as things as we get older, um, how those eras just still captivated me like you did not ever lose interest in wrestling in general. Maybe the products every now and then. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as they sometimes got stale. Yeah. Um, but also, um, growing up in uh, a, a Christian home, uh, the Attitude Era was definitely rough sometimes for me yeah. to watch. I had to make sure I was, was watching when my mom wasn't looking. Yeah. <laughs> now, see, I had a little bit of an advantage over you. But by the time the Attitude Era, even the NWO Era, by the time that came out, 
I was in college. Right. So I mean, <laughs> I was I can remember, matter of fact, any of my college buddies that are out there listening, they'll remember we used to write on one of our guy one of our buddies' walls. We all went in there and signed the wall. Now we had to go in there and paint it before we moved out, of course, but I mean we didn't have to worry about that then. But we went in there, we would sign the wall and I remember a group of us that all hung out together. We signed the wall like the new NWO or something nice, like that. They nice. put our little initials under it and stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, just fun stuff that we were doing. You know, 18, 19-year-old drunk college kids out there just having a blast watching wrestling on yeah. Monday night, going to the sports bars for pay-per-views. It was yeah, Those were some good times. <laughs> so they, the, the character, though, that really, really got me hooked – uh, you know, you talked a lot about Hogan and how Hogan got you hooked. Uh, for me, that was The Undertaker. Oh, uh, just when he came on the scene, I remember sitting there watching Survivor Series. And when he walks out and I'm going, who's that? And, you know, everybody kind of remembers looking at the little kids faces and going, you know, they're scared of this oh, dude yeah. and they didn't know oh, what yeah. to think. I'm looking at him going, I want to know more about you. You look different than anything I've ever seen in my life. I, I got to learn who, who are you? There you go. And, and as the years progressed, of course, with him being in there with Paul bear and just the, the way that they ran their programs. Um, and then how he evolved with Kane, just those stories and, and who he became always kept me hooked yeah. and and still to this day it was bittersweet to watch him ride off into the sunset uh i i that last few years it was hard to watch and not look at him kind of with a tear in my eye oh yeah it, it was it was rough man believe that, you me we're watching <laughs> hogan on his last end out of those tna days and I, believe me i completely understand <laughs> what you're talking about but i, I as as something that's just always captivated me I don't know if it was ever one part of it. I don't know if it was ever just the physicality of it, the showmanship of it, or the stories, or all of it rolled up into one. That's kind of what's always captivated me about the the world of professional wrestling. What about yeah, you? I can definitely agree. I mean, it, definitely all of the above. I, it has to be all of that. Like I said, the initial was the look, you know, the just the look. Those guys were so big. They were so muscular. They were so strong. I mean, they were the superheroes that you watched on in the cartoons. I mean, these were the real-life versions of some right. of these guys. You know, they were what, you know, what you looked at is like, oh, my God, you know, Superman. Or I used to watch the Thundercats for those old heads out there. Hey, know, Thundercats. You know, but then you see a guy like Hulk Hogan, like, man, that guy's bigger than all the Thundercats, you know, and this guy's in my neighborhood. You know, I'm watching him live, you know, 14 rows ahead of me. It's just amazing. But it's funny you brought up The Undertaker, though, because I remember when he debuted in WWE 2 in that Survivor Series. But by that point, I'd actually found WCW. Yeah, You know, I didn't know WCW very long. Like I said, I'd been watching WWF since the early 80s. But the magazines, you know, I'd go right. to the grocery store with my parents. They would go to the grocery store and I had to go with them. Well, a lot of times my babysitter in the grocery store was that magazine rack because it would sit right next to the toy aisle. So, you know, my parents would drop me off in the toy aisle like this. Hey, kid, those of you out there that are a little young, this was when kids were able to stand alone in a grocery store and you didn't have to worry about them being taken or anything like that. (laughs) 
<laughs> you were fine back then in the in the eighties. But I'd sit there, you know, I'd go over there, look at the toys and all that. Well, you you know, as a kid, I, you have a lot of toys, so you know, you're not seeing something new every week. So I'd wander over to the magazine section and find those wrestling magazines and. The cover of every wrestling magazine always said, you know, dream match, Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair, mm. dream match, the British Bulldogs versus the Road Warriors, demolition, road war. You know, I'm like, well, who are these guys? You know, right. what these guys look just like my guys, but I don't know these guys. So had to do your research. So I came across WC or NWA Saturday night. That was the only show I could come across for them. They didn't have anything else that I could get with TBS, but 6.05 on Saturday night. Well, they said 6.05. It was 5.05 for me. But yeah, 6.05. <laughs> right, 6.05. Oh, yeah, because everything was 05, 05 back in the, back day. In the day. Again, young folks, y'all don't know don't anything remember about that. this. But everything TBS came on at 05. But yeah, 6.05 on Saturday night. Just like watching wrestling in the morning, I'm trying to catch that, you know, because I'm like, who's this Sting guy? What's this Lex Luger dude doing over here? And I had seen other guys jump before. You know, I saw the Brain Busters jump. I, you know, I saw a lot of guys move back and forth between them, but it wasn't like it got to be. But when Undertaker came out, I recognized him as me, Mark Callis. I said, mm. wait a minute. Yep. I just saw that dude in the skyscrapers match with, you know, uh, fighting. I think he was fighting the Steiner brothers and Dan Spivey was his partner. And I'm like, man, I know that guy. You know, I know that face. What's he doing over here? Right. You know, that was one of those like, hold on, I got to take a stop and take a breath here. And then when he came out, he was so dominant, like the fashion, it was so different than the character he had played before. You know, I'm still a little guy. I didn't understand. I'm like, man, is this like, like, how'd he change like this? You know, my goodness. So <laughs> things like that captivate you. They just drag you in where you have to keep watching so you can learn and understand. Yeah. So you had the magazines. I never caught on to the magazines. I still I got some of those magazines. So <laughs> for, for me, you know, they they were as separate as separate could be. Once I learned about them, though, I started diving into everything about them. Yep. The one thing, though, quick story I want to tell real quick, um, how I discovered ECW. So for me, I've always been a night owl, always up late at night. I was scrolling through TV one night. It was around 2 a.m. Come across ECW at 2 a.m. And I saw the thumbtacks. I saw the flaming bats, the flaming tables. I saw the scaffolding. I saw the, you know, the, the glass. I, and I, I was looking at that going, what is, what is this? This isn't the wrestling that I know because back then WWF, WCW, NWA, you didn't have that stuff. Yeah, you got that right. <laughs> so ECW, I looked at that and I was going, I need to know more about this. And so that's when I started diving into that group and I found a, a new appreciation for the hardcore part of wrestling, um, but also the deeper storytelling that they were doing over there. Um, and then by that age, you know, my late teens, I put it all together and I realized, okay, well, this is just a big old group of guys that float from organization to organization for a paycheck. And that's how they make their living. Yeah. I put it all together and that, but that's when I also discovered the world of new Japan wrestling. Yep. 
So just for me, it was about discovery. It was about enjoying the, the kind of the Lex aspect, the total package of it okay. all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you say that about how you noticed ECW because I never, so being groomed, I guess you want to say in the WWE model of wrestling, when I came across ECW, I mean, I was old, old at that point. I'm, you know, as far as a wrestling fan, I was 17, 18. I was out of their core demographic by that point. I was moving into the new demo. But I remember back when I found AWA way mm. back in the, you know, in the in my early days of wrestling, I would turn on ESPN because ESPN at three o'clock is when is when uh, AWA would come on. Right. And I remember seeing like the Kerry Von Erics and the Jerry Lawlers and Nick Bockwinkle and, you know, the Ganyas and those guys that were in the AWA. And I'm like, my God, you know, there's more wrestling. There's more there. You know, it's almost like it is now, you know, where every time you turn on the TV, you can find wrestling if you really want to get it. And I mean, you know, by AWA didn't have those core guys like like WWF had. Or like NWA had, you know, with Flair and Sting and Luger. And AWA kind of brought in like Jerry Lawler. I saw him first on an AWA match, but he was a Memphis guy. I know nothing about Memphis wrestling. I didn't know anything about territory wrestling. But I had to go find this Jerry Lawler. Well, where did this Jerry Lawler guy come from? He's a king, for Christ's sake. I got to find this guy. Uh, the Von Erics. I didn't know anything about WCCW. You know, I'd never heard of Texas-based wrestling. Right. But I saw Kerry Von Erich wrestling for the AWA title one day. And I oh, wait a minute. Where would this guy come from? This guy's a stud. I got to go find this guy. So, you know, it just broadened my horizon to so many other aspects of wrestling which is why I needed those magazines because, you know, I would just catch these guys in flashes. I'm like, well, you know, I don't know what the, I'm, you know, I, I'd see them that I wouldn't see them again, right. you know, because I, I didn't know I needed to be in front of the TV at three o'clock on ESPN. You know, I didn't know that. So I'd lose them for a while, you know, and then I'd get a magazine and I'm like, wait a minute, what's how, you know, who's this Nick Bockwinkle character? You know, he's almost, he's better than Ric Flair, they're saying, you know, look at this. You know, it's just, it's just so interesting how, you know, we we both found these little things, you know, right. that we could latch on to. And it just spawned out to so many other aspects of the business to where is now here we're, you know, trying to be involved with the business by doing a podcast. So, I mean, you know. So that that's a good point, and it kind of brings it to present day. Uh, so if you guys, anybody's out there listening right now who is just getting into this world of professional wrestling, you, my friend, are coming in at a time that is like no other. You, you're coming into one of the best times that I've seen in a long time in the sport of professional wrestling. You have a smorgasbord of things to watch, whether it be WWE, um, whether it be AEW, whether it be New Japan, whether it be NOAA, whether it be AAA, whether it be Impact. I mean, it is, it is crazy how much is out there for you to just watch and take in and lose yourself basically into this world. Oh, yeah. And then those of us who have been those longtime fans, those of you who are like, oh, man, I was watching in the 70s. I'm way farther than where you guys are at. I mean, you guys know better than anything. We're rolling into those twilight years of it right now. You know where you're in a comfortable, happy place, you know, because you're you're now getting more than one view. You know, you're getting more than one option with AEW becoming a prominent TV brand. 
you're out there. You know, we're we're getting into a happy place in wrestling right now. It's not as hot as it was in the Attitude Era, but <laughs> right. it's definitely a good twilight place for We may those not of ever get enjoy. back to that level. Nah, we'll never see that. <laughs> that kind of energy just won't be there. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening today. We we hope you enjoyed uh this stroll down memory lane and we hope we kind of sparked some maybe some interest into some some new folks that will watch the sport. Uh but the, if you enjoyed this memory lane please feel free to drop us a line on all of our social media whether it be facebook instagram twitter uh youtube uh just drop us a line tell us how you became a wrestling fan tell us how you got into watching the sport that sounds like a plan to me we want to hear from you guys you know we want to know what's going on but i get messages all the time about hey i heard your show hey i did this go ahead and comment in there tell us what you think you know give us your opinions you might get yourself on the show one day absolutely all right we thank you for listening today and with that we bid you adieu peace today's podcast was produced by sbp you can find our podcast on all major podcast platforms also connect with us on our social media accounts search for the bookers alliance on facebook twitter and instagram